Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello there and welcome to Locked On Suns, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Monday with the Phoenix Suns. My name is Kellen Olson, your host of Locked On Suns. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. The easiest way to do that is to go to our Twitter page that is at Locked On PHX Suns in the bio of our page. You will find a link to automatically subscribe to our podcast. Those are the two best ways to keep up with us. We post episodes every Monday Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. 15 to 20 minute episodes, perfect for your drive to work, drive home from work, trip to the gym, your workout at the gym, what have you. I'm joined as always by my co-host Eddie House. Eddie, another week, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Doing pretty well, doing pretty well. Uh, We are in trade season. There was a, not a humongous trade, I would say. I think it was pretty inconsequential when you look at it. I think that's the term one of my buddies used. I I would agree with that. Uh, Nuggets and Trailblazers swapping some centers. Jaleel Okafor looks like he's going to be traded really any minute. I was really surprised, honestly, when I woke up and saw that he was still a sixer. Uh, So we're really in that time of year now. Uh, But we have two games to talk about. The Suns beat the Bulls 115-97 on ESPN. And then a game we are not going to be talking about as much because it was the ugliest game of the year. The Rockets beat the Suns 133-102. The worst Suns game I think I've ever seen. Uh, I have been watching pretty much every game for like the past decade or so, and I think I can confidently say that was one of the worst Suns games I've ever seen uh, before. It, it was bad. Uh, but let's not talk about the bad. Let's talk about the good. The Suns won 115-97 over the Chicago Bulls on ESPN. Sort of as expected, the Suns came out with much more energy, that lethargic sort of uh, energy, and just uh, it might have even been fatigue. And the past couple of games prior to that was just not there at all. This was the team coming out that we see the good version of TJ Warren, Eric Bledsoe, Den Booker all had good nights. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, 23 points, 8 assists. Den Booker was 10 of 19 from the field for 27 points. TJ Warren got 16 as well. But the story in this one, uh, Mr. House, was Allen Williams. He had 14 points and 11 rebounds. We speculated on this podcast what would happen uh, with the backup center minutes, and I think we just kind of assumed that Williams might play in the back of our heads and might get a couple minutes here or there, but we were talking about the majority of the minutes and when it came down to crunch time and everything, uh, Williams got those minutes too. He was really sensational. Yeah, he was. Big Sauce was out there getting cheese. You know, he was getting a lot of money. The reason being is his hands are really soft. He has real soft hands. Uh, He catches the basketball, and then he has a soft touch, a very uncanny uh, a skill that a lot of people, a lot of people don't have that that soft touch. Because if you look at how his shots go in, they'll hit the rim first and they'll slide back, hit the backboard, hit the rim, and then fall in. That's very soft hands. Um, he, he showed extreme professionalism. He's a guy that doesn't play that much. Um, it shows the the work that he puts in behind closed doors that nobody sees when he's working with coaches to stay ready. When he's working with the strength coach to to stay in shape because to not play for sometimes weeks, and then get thrown in there and have to play big minutes. Um, 
that just shows you that he's always prepared, that he's preparing himself like he's uh, going to play every single night. And you like to see that, especially a guy that's young like this, you like to see that professionalism in a guy like that. And, uh, you know, just a workmanlike attitude. He went out there and then he, he did everything he had to do. I mean, it was unfortunate. Tyson Chandler went down with the ankle injury, no Alex Lynn, so it was a perfect opportunity for him to seize the moment, and that's exactly what he did. He did that for sure, and it was a really nice situation for him to flourish. I'm not taking any credit away from him, but Cristiano Felicio, 6'9", power forward. He is way more of a center and pretty much is a center, but he is the size of a power forward. And then even when Robin Lopez was in there, Williams was still... I think it was clear the situations when Williams was overmatched and like the limitations that he has. Uh, he he had four blocks, but his length at the rim leaves something to be desired. And although he works tremendously hard on the boards and stuff, there's only so much he can do against the seven-footer like Robin Lopez. And then that goes for defensively as well. I think Lopez had a couple of really easy buckets on him. But regardless, he played really hard. And his energy, even against Lopez, was just too much for the Bulls to handle. They were really tuned out of that game. They did not play well at all. Uh, I was not very impressed by them. It was definitely a bad performance, so I'm not going to judge them for it for their season. But it looks like they're in trouble over there, Eddie. It does not look like they're, everything's fully clicking for them. Well, it looks like the, the inmates are running in asylum. Um, I see Jimmy Butler actually, uh, Hoiberg brought Valentine up to the table to go sub for Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler waved Valentine back to the bench. And basically said, no, I'm staying in the game, overriding the coach's uh, decision there. So that's the issue right there is that there's a, div- a division inside of inside of that locker room amongst from what I'm seeing amongst players to coaches and amongst players together. Um, you know, the tip of the iceberg is what we've seen with the Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade coming out and challenging his, uh, their teammates saying that they don't care. They're not guys that really uh, care about winning until everybody turns it until all those guys turn it around. They'll stay losing, basically saying that they were the only two guys. And, uh, you know, I love D-Wade. I don't know Jimmy Butler, excuse me, from a can of paint, so I don't know his attitude or, or uh, you know, how he is in, in, on the court or off the court. I mean, I know how he is on the court, but I don't know how he is as a, as a person or a teammate. But I know D-Wade, and um, I, I know he wants to win coming from – the winning culture he's been used to and accustomed to, to now to this, um, it, it, it can be bothersome. But to, to call out everybody and say that you're the only two guys that care, that just, to me, caused a big rift and division between all the players. Todd Gibson came out and spoke about it. Rondo tweeted, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, posted something on Instagram, which he was 100% right. The veterans that he played with, with the veterans that I also played with, they would have kept that in-house. They never would have pointed the finger. They would have pointed the thumb instead of the finger. They would have talked uh, amongst each other in the locker room. They never would have let that leak outside the locker room. And uh, they always led by example. They never missed practice. Uh, I hear these guys are sitting out of practices. Uh, well, the, the, the vets that I had, uh, well, I was a vet at the time, but uh, the, the leaders on the team, they didn't sit out of practice unless they were hurt. So, uh it's, it's just a it's really a bad situation going on because this is a, a team that we picked to be like third or between three and five in the in, in the Eastern Conference. And, mm-hmm. and they're they're barely going to make the playoffs, if, if at all. Yeah, it's it's a really tough situation there right now. I think the problems for their team as a whole just structurally really showed in this game. It was nice to see Devin Booker and Eric Bledsoe. So they combined for 50 points on the night. It felt like 
really weeks since we've seen them do this, but they did it in the entire month of January, essentially. But with the way Bledsoe was playing the past couple of games, looking really tired, wasn't sure if we were going to see much of it this season. But uh, they went out there and proved that they could still get it done, and the team looked good. I mean, it's no surprise. We've talked about it before. When the bright lights come on, they show up to their full extent sometimes and really meet reach their max potential, and this was one of those games for sure. Yeah, it was, and if you look at the stats again, they one of their season highs in assists. They had 25 assists and only turned the ball over eight times, which was, was key um, because for a second there, it looked like uh, maybe Chicago could make a run, but, you know, they took care of the basketball. They made shots. Uh, they, they made plays for each other, and, uh, you know, they, they were able to just pull away from, from a, a Chicago Bulls team that just isn't that – it just isn't very good right now. On paper, you see those names, but, uh, you know, they're, they're not bringing it together. They're not meshing. And like I said, I think it's some internal issues that's going on there that uh, that, that probably really need to get addressed uh, before uh, they, they just don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, speaking of not making the playoffs, uh, the Suns lost 133-102 to the Rockets. Uh, like I said, one of the worst performances I've ever seen. The Rockets came out to a 29-5 to lead. The Suns started Brandon Knight, Devin Booker, Marquise Chris, TJ Warren, Alex Len, Tyson Chandler stayed home, uh, did not travel with the team for listed as both rest and his ankle sprain uh, that you mentioned. And then Eric Bledsoe got the night off for rest. I, I saw a couple of people on Twitter saying like this was a tanking move. This was a move to showcase Brandon Knight on the trade market. I don't think any of that is correct. I think the only priority was to give Eric Bledsoe rest. Do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, has I mean, if they're trying to showcase, they're not going to do it this way. No, uh, I think the people that are that that are speculating that don't have a damn clue of what they're talking about. They're just talking out the side of their neck, really. Um, I don't think that this team is trying to tank. Um, I think they're still trying to win, but they don't know how to win yet. They're learning. They're trying to figure it out. And Bledsoe had to get some rest. He's been. You, we, everybody can see that he's been fatigued the last two weeks. Uh, the, these last two weeks, he has not looked looked uh, Eric Bledsoe like. You know, yeah. he's been very, very a shell. He's been a shell of himself, um, not playing at that All Star caliber level that we've been used to seeing him play all season. So, uh, again, this is you know you had to give Bledsoe some rest. He didn't play all last season. He's pushing his body to do things because he's doing. This is all uncharted territory for him. He's never had a season like this. So his body has never felt this, never blogged these minutes like this. So his body never felt this. And he's coming off of an injury. So he is a little fatigued. And I think that shows a, a good sense of knowing your players by Earl Watson to sit him. Um, also, you got to remember, that game was an 830 game. They didn't get they didn't leave there till about 1130. Yeah, they got in Houston at like 5 a.m., I want to say. Yeah, see what I'm saying? They had to get there like 4 or 5 a.m. So yeah, that was a perfect time to give him some rest. I mean, and... There's no excuse, but again, getting in at 5 a.m. and less uh, like uh, 14 hours, got to go play a basketball game. It's pretty tough. Uh, it, it's tough on anybody, even the best best teams. Um, the best teams won't go out there and get whooped like that, but they will maybe partic- uh, they they have a chance to lose that game. But uh, you know, all in all, these guys, uh, you know, no blood, so you couldn't expect too much. Uh, Brandon Knight just had a horrible game. Um, I think U.S. came in and filled in for him and, and, and got those minutes exactly what people wanted to see. Tyler U.S. getting extended minutes, and 
he did a great job with him. Uh, Barbosa had a, a decent game. Uh, Jared Dudley uh, pretty much wasn't missing anything. Uh, so, you know, you take you take the good with the bad, and the, and the bad is the loss. But the good is you see some guys uh, getting opportunities to play and actually doing something with their, those minutes. 100% agree on what sh- everything you said about Bledsoe. I think, honestly, they should look towards doing this a little bit more for the rest of the season. I'm not saying he should sit every back-to-back or anything, but in situations like this when it's like a home and away or an away and home situation, maybe he should sit because uh, clearly he was fatigued from that January. And I think with his, like, he is 27, he's had three knee surgeries already, and you're paying him a lot of money for the next couple of years, and he is going to be the team's best player for the foreseeable future. And this season's done. So there's no reason not to give him extra rest when he needs it, and he certainly did need it. Uh, you spoke about Brandon Knight, one for eight from the field, no rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks with two turnovers. He was minus 37 in 20 minutes. I believe in the first six minutes of the game when he's went on that big run, he was minus 22. It was the worst game I've ever seen him play, and that's saying something considering the level that he's played at this year. No shots when I say that. It's just been an ugly year for him, and I didn't see this as a showcase game for him, but I saw this as just an opportunity for him to prove something and also show that he can still be that player that we hear about so often that he was in Milwaukee and this was not it at all uh, to his credit uh, not to put all the blame on him his team also just looked completely out of it uh, Devin Booker in particular was really giving a lot of effort and so was TJ Warren I think those two guys were really attacking and trying to create any energy for the team that they could but it seemed like once Houston got rolling they just weren't experienced enough to to figure out really what to do at all. Well, when you're constantly taking the ball out of the net, there's nothing you can do. You can't create any fast breaks. You can't create any mismatches. You can't, um, you know, get into your offense early like you want to. Uh, it's just it, it's just a bad situation. You know, your t- team shooting 50% from three and from the field, 80% from the day. They were just making shots. Everything was comfortable. There was no defensive resistance at all. And, um, you know, it was it was contagious um, both ways. Houston, it was contagious for everybody making shots on the, on their team, and then people missing shots on our our team. So, uh, you know, it's it's that, it's funny how that goes. You know, it's like missing free throws or making free throws or three point shots. It's contagious uh, somehow, some way. That's just how the game works. And um, we were on the short end of the stick, man, uh, and on the wrong side of of, of the contagiousness. Yeah, really, no one else could get it going besides Tyler Eulis and Jared Dudley, who you mentioned. Uh, they came in in that first quarter after those six minutes that Knight had and played really well. I think Dudley was 4 of 5 in the quarter. Eulis ended the night with 13 points and 6 assists. I think he has continued to prove, while I think he did play pretty poorly in the past month or so, I think we've continued to see minutes for him, whatever situation it is. He has played well, and he does deserve to at least get some rotation minutes, and I think that he will towards the end of the regular season. Again, just we have to wait until after the trade deadline to see who is left on the team and things like that because there are so many pieces to be moving around. Uh, To give you guys a look at the schedule here, uh, the Suns play New Orleans tonight at home, then they play the Lakers at home, and then they are off for nine days. They come back at Chicago on February 24th. That is a week from Friday. Here at Lockdown Suns, we are going to be with you Tuesday through Thursday. And then on Friday, we are going to be off. Uh, make sure to listen to our podcast on the All-Star selections, though, and use that uh, in case you haven't listened to it yet. I'll be sure to tweet that out and everything. Uh, and then we will be back 
for the trade deadline on the 23rd. Uh, that is going to be a Thursday, so we're going to have a couple of days off in between there. And then, of course, if there are any trades before that, we will have a podcast that day as well, which I'm sure is a very good possibility of happening. So it's going to be busy here. Uh, just giving you guys the rundown, though. We will be back tomorrow to talk about the game against the Pelicans tonight. Talk to you guys then.